Now, vying with Avatar 2 and 3 is The Mummy in the least wanted return of any movie franchise. Oh dear, the Avatar film's coming back. Does anyone want an Avatar movie? It was awful when it came out. A lot of people loved it, but... One problem you've got with that franchise is no one likes any of the characters in the movie. They're just so uninteresting that who wants to see them again? But The Mummy has come back uh, after Brendan Fraser's um, old-school Indiana Jones-style special effects bananas. Bananas, probably the right word, actually. Um, I actually... I thought the first Mummy film was pretty decent, actually. A lot of fun, and... It's one of those, it, it says what it is on the tin films. It's, it's absolutely what it says on the tin. I did think some of the subsequent releases were very bad, but nothing compared to the latest by Tom Cruise. Um, the story is as trite as it gets in moviedom. How many films have you seen where there's this ancient being a thousand years ago about to achieve global domination by undergoing some sort of... Um, ceremony in some tomb somewhere where they have to get this amulet and they get thwarted and then thousands of years later they the you know the the deity returns and they have to hunt for this artifact or amulet or whatever it is and something has to align and then they're gonna be you know indefeatable well powerful all the way from the you know the underworld movies through to the last x-man films uh, where they had exactly the same story, as imagination-free as the story gets in cinema. This one's got a lot of stick and is a box office bomb, apparently. Due to the uh, cost of it, they reckon they'll lose $100 million. It couldn't even topple Wonder Woman in the box office on its uh, second week. Um, there's really nothing more to the story. Um, basically, uh, Tom Cruise is in Iraq, he's a soldier of fortune, and he's with his mate, and they're robbing tombs and selling artefacts, and they come across this um, ancient Egyptian princess, or, or whatever they were called back then, and you're shown that uh, in olden times she was making a, like a, a pact with Set, who is uh, like the Egyptian god of death, amongst other things, and... She wanted to become the pharaoh and um, she was going to use nefarious means to murder her family and have this absolute power and take over the world. And of course she got thwarted and of course she remained dormant in this sarcophagus for thousands of years until Tom comes across it. And the whole movie is following uh, her trying to get to this amulet or dagger or stone or something and and then she'll become, go through this ceremony and become all powerful again. And uh, it's, it's exactly that verbatim storyline all the way through. The, the twist here is that Tom Cruise, uh, he's involved in an air crash, carrying this um, tomb back to, to London for some reason. Um, and the, the plane crashes, and for some reason he's completely unscathed, and you learn eventually that he's got these... Um, he's been chosen by this Egyptian princess to um, become all-powerful with her, and he is indestructible. He's basically a, a becomes sort of immortal through it. It's a remarkably bad movie. Um, I'm not sure if even the reviews have done it justice, but it's remarkably bad in a large number of ways. Um, I think the um, the idea behind the concept, which is apparently dominated by Tom Cruise, no one got a look in, and he's getting all the blame for having too much control over the movie. 
is they're trying to create a new franchise, which is very interesting on the surface of it, called The Dark Universe. And that's harking back to 1930s cinema, where monster movies were all the rage, and Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Mummy, all these things were in movies often. And of course, a lot of it's based on classic literature, which has been popular for centuries, uh, particularly with Frankenstein, Dracula, and so on. But the thing is, the reason those books and those stories have become, you know, so endlessly renewable to audiences throughout the centuries is that they have very strong themes, stories, characters, and there's usually massive underlying sort of um, motifs about, you know, what the what the monster means or, or you know their past or the human involvement in it. There's lots of sort of satisfying meat to the bones so what's the point in doing this if you're not going to bring the mummy what's the point in doing the frankenstein story and deviating completely from any of the elements of that story weirdest thing for me about this movie is that there's so little of the mummy in it if you're creating this whole universe like the mummy in the old films was wrapped in bandages and wandered about you know very slowly making, for some reason, moaning noises that no one's ever really fully explained. And when Brendan Fraser, they took on that franchise, they immersed themselves in the cultural baggage of the mummy story. I mean, if you get a mummy movie, you want Egypt, you want sphinxes and pyramids and sand monsters, and none of that is in this movie. You don't even get a mummy, really. You get a character that was entombed as a mummy, and who then appears as a human being. You don't set foot in Egypt. You don't see a pyramid. You don't get any any of the cultural baggage associated with this very Egyptian story. It starts in Iraq and then, for no reason at all, is relocated to London. And I think London has become very overused by these franchise movies. You, you, how many times has Tom Cruise been in London in these films, like the Mission Impossible franchises? It seems to be almost a, a, a guaranteed stop. And the other thing is they don't really use London. It's sort of like it could it could literally be anywhere that they use. They could have picked any any city at all. Its biggest problem is its screenplay, which is so bad I cannot believe that it was allowed to progress. But again, maybe one man had too much power. In this instance, it's like someone had a coherent story and told it to someone else, and they wrote their version of the coherent story. And in Chinese whispers, it ended up as this which is one of the messiest screenplays I've ever seen. I got to halfway in this movie and I wasn't really seeing what the fuss was about because it had its entertaining moments. It wasn't imaginative. The attempts to shoehorn franchises into it were so blankly obvious. But it's the second half of the movie that really sucks. I mean, that is a total mess. Incoherent twaddle. It's like everybody. It's like they had 100 screenwriters and were each told to go and direct a scene themselves. Like, you've got a hundred cooks making a meal, and someone describes it to one person who describes it to the next person, everybody's responsible for something that's supposed to harmoniously fit together at the end. The, the back half of this movie is just jaw-droppingly awful. Um, there's not much in the way of characters that you care about. He seems to have cast people that aren't anywhere near as interesting or as famous as him. So there's very little to go on. Um, with the side characters, virtually nothing. It's pretty much Tom Cruise or nothing. 
The one flip is Russell Crowe, ever-dependent Russell Crowe, who's completely unused here, really. A good example of the shoehorning of stuff in here, he arrives as the leader of this secret society that is out to get these supernatural forces, blah, blah, another thing that I've seen in a hundred movies. But when he arrives in the movie, it's almost at a right angle. It's just out of nowhere. And then he's sort of revealed to be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from, obviously, another one of the stories that was a big box office back in the 1930s and 40s and another classic novel. But there doesn't seem to be any reason for him to be Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. And the impact of him being so is just kind of like, look at him, he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but it doesn't really have any involvement with the story or impact on what's happening. It's just a mess. It's a mess from start to finish. Um, Earlier this year, I gave King Kong a really rare zero. And I would like to wonder how I can't give this a zero. But King Kong aimed at nothing. It was, it was so limited in its ambitions. If there are any saving graces with this one, there's like 10-minute sequences in this where it's you know pretty imaginative in the visual construction and the production design and what you're seeing on screen is a bit weirder than you're expecting and a bit more intense. And there are, there are interesting passages. I thought the opening sort of 15 minutes was actually really good. Um, and I think on that level, it outstrips King Kong as a watchable film. Um, but it is so much of a mess. And once it gets into that second half, it's kind of like you're just staring through the screen because it's really hard to focus on what's going on. It doesn't make any sense, really. If you sort of stare at any part of it, it's like that part of the film runs and hide behind the couch because none of it makes sense. Um, and there's also the, there's also this weird sort of... Ta- like, King Kong was awful. It wasn't as flawed a film as this, but it never aimed to be anything more than it was. It was, it was like, devoid of any ambition on any level. Um, but one interesting aspect of this film is making Tom Cruise, like, this invincible, immortal character. It's like there's no stakes in the movie at all. It's like nothing matters. You know he can't get hurt for a start. Um, so it's a really low stakes sort of plot and the resolution towards the end is kind of like setting it up for the next movie without any sort of resolution that's satisfying at all so it's atrocious and uh, not not as bad in every way as Kong was but um, there are the odd visual bits and the odd interesting bits of story and stuff that do occasionally filter through uh, I will give it one and a half out of ten. So a massive bump up from Kong. That's the mummy, possibly worse than you're expecting it to be, even if you're expecting it to be terrible. One and a half out of ten. There's a lot to be said for big dumb movies that entertain you from start to finish. At least he wasn't as boring as Kong. That was boring as well. One and a half for I was going to say Mission Impossible, the mummy.